Welcome, traveller. Take a seat by the ever-burning fire and warm your weary bones. A wizard's scepter, clip. It's like a wizard's stick. The fucking pole with the shit on it. It doesn't matter. It's dead. It's dead reckoning. Episode two. And as always, I'm joined by my sister Kirsty and my old mate Jed. Tonight, we're going to be talking about mutant dogs, regional zoos, and reasonably priced guillotines. This week's uh, feature is a little bit themed, so it's Breacher Features. So this week's one is uh, starting off with Night of the Leapers, which is a really... In, insanely cheap um, 70s uh, horror film which was uh, directed by William F. Claxton and The Night of the Lepus is basically just archive footage of rabbit <laughs> like running about and uh, basically like jumping through things and but basically like the rabbits are like coming to get like a bunch of people in the mountains in this like little sort of Arkansas type town and it Every time they like cut to the rabbits, it's either just like men in in rabbit suits or just like Dutch angles making the rabbits look like really big. It sounds just, amazing. It is. It's just really, it's just really rubbish. But one is of it like day of the that, day of the Triffids, but with rabbits? That's pretty much exactly what it was. What it's like. <laughs> but it's actually. But the worst part of it is that it's actually based on a book, and it's what? like, how is this an adaptation? You know what it doesn't say? Based on the best-selling novel. <laughs> <laughs> but Night of the Leapers, also known as Rabbit, is a 1972 American science fiction film directed by William F. Blackton. Based on the poster is uh, how many eyes does horror have? How many times will terror strike? And it's just a picture of a load of rabbits looking at a, a guy with a spade. <laughs> is the answer to the first question two? Because it's a rabbit. <laughs> well, how do you spell lupus? Well, it's 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 spelled L E P U S. Oh, there's no A in there. I was going to say because lupus is. It's not lupus is a wolf. like wolf. It's it's. I think it's more like leapers because they yeah. leap. <laughs> well, it's left. Is that that's what a rabbit is in Latin? I was just like lupus, lupus. It's, it's one Latin of the hair. So, but have they tried to make it better than it is by using the Latin name for hair rather than just saying Night of the Rabbits? I would imagine they, that's probably that's probably so. Were they not aware of the quality of the movie when they were making it? I don't reckon anybody's aware was aware of the quality of the film <laughs> when they were making it. To be fair. <laughs> I, it's, it's actually got DeForest Kelly from Star Trek in it as well, which is just like one of the but one of the, the best things. Like you watching it and you just like. Dr. Bones? What are you doing in the film with Giant Rabbit? <laughs> Left off the CV, I bet. But the best part of it is, it's just either it's like the camera is just underneath the rabbits to make them look like ridiculously large, or it's whenever they need it to be like in scale to a person. It's just <laughs> a man in a really rubbish costume. It's just <laughs> <laughs> seamless. It's just like somebody at a shopping centre who who, <laughs> who gives out Easter egg. But Night Night of the Leapers, it's 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 so bad that I think it's actually all on YouTube that you can just watch it. That's oh, how yeah. we're, they're not even protecting it's, it's, it's it anymore. Of, <laughs> they're like, no, take it. If, if you can improve on this, please do. <laughs> it, it it's not even that it it's not even that it's um in the free domain. Like the people who made the film are just like, no, just just take it. Just... Even though it's highly accessible and free, I'll still not be watching any of it. <laughs> oh, the first time I heard about this film, I think it was on like Tarrant on TV or something like that. <laughs> so it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think then it was on Channel Five at like two o'clock in the morning. I ended up watching it. I was like, "This is just a bunch of rabbits running around." But yeah, Night of the Night of the Lepus or Lupus, however it's pronounced, is terrible. But worth a laugh anyway. And uh, that moves on to a another creature feature with Critters, which is a 1986 film directed by Stephen uh, 
I really, it also did Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And don't tell mom the baby. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead because that's how they say it over there. Oh, a cult movie, Chris's, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I think one of the best parts of it is not the uh, creepy, wide-mouthed hedgehog monsters, but the fact that you <laughs> think you get an he- awesome hair metal like music video at the beginning of the film, and the bounty hunter is like changing the shape of the fitting on Earth from like just a move headed blob he decides to watch intercept some tv from from earth and he watches like a hair metal pop star and he ends up becoming like he ends up coming down and he's got like a he's got like a gelled mullet <laughs> and everyone's just like it's that guy for <laughs> it's that guy from he, he comes down it's the same haircut as the guy from uh lamar from bloody Hadjagoogoo or something he's got like the same the same hair what was him Power of the Night as well. Power of the Night is the name of the song. You like you, you literally get almost the whole song during the intro of the film. He almost looks... I'm looking at photos. He almost looks like Tim Curry. Oh, this is Chris's 2, the main course. I think he's back in that one. Who's he played by? Who's the actor? Organ Lee. Is it Bounty Hunters are called Organ Lee? Also Johnny Steele. It was played by Terrence Mann. I'm just I'm I'm just looking at photos of the bounty hunter, and it does just look like Rocky Horror Show Tim Curry. Oh God, he, he looks like Poundland Tim Curry. <laughs> should, yeah. From Chris is not the real Chris's. It's a filmation version. I love that this guy Terence Mann was in. Um, he, he's he's basically a theatre actor. He's 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 been in Barnum. He's been in Cat. And the only real films he's done are all the critters films. And it's like, <laughs> just, what an odd career. It's like, I was the Rum Tum Tugger on Broadway for 17 years. <laughs> and then I was in Critters 1, 2, 3, and 4. And it's like, wha- what? What an odd trajectory for you. Something really spoke to him. <laughs> Yeah, so something spoke to me in the text, and I thought, yes, <laughs> critters, where to make my film debut. I'm imagining this is how he speaks, because <laughs> he's, he's a theatre actor. <laughs> I had watched I, I had watched Gremlins, and I thought, that looks like a laugh. I believe this would be just as iconic <laughs> as a franchise. <laughs> and Scott Grimes is in it. You know, the voice actor? Scott Grimes is in everything. Scott Grimes is just uh, like um, Seth MacFarlane's like, go-to guy. He's like, can you, can you yeah. do this for me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, Chris was the uh, was the second choice there for a bit of an old creature feature, which is released in 1986. So it's practically as old as me. So it's the premise for that, because I've not seen it in probably, well, not that many years, but... A long time is a premise that the critters are aliens, and is he coming from space to hunt the aliens, and they just happen to all land on Earth? The uh, they call the crites. The, the the critters are basically what the humans call them, but the uh, the land on Earth after escaping from a right. space prison, and the bounty hunters are hired by the space prison guards to uh. track them down, and they end up landing on a human farm. There's a slight controversy because people. People have said that Critters was a rip-off of Gremlins, and he said that Critters was written way before Gremlins. But it's still not really... It's like, oh, yeah, but they also <laughs> did it... Better. So so basically what you're saying is they did it after you and made it ten times better. You should have kept your mouth shut about that. <laughs> no, our film was first. Yeah, but it was garbage. The script was terrible. It was garbage. And then they actually like did something really good. <laughs> There's a Key and Peel sketch, which is just amazing, where it's uh, the writer's room for uh, for Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> and they have this, like, uh, Jordan Peel comes in as, like, Mr. Hollywood or something, like the guy that they come in to, like, beef up the figures. It goes, he goes, everybody liked Gremlins 1, but I tell you, this one, we're going to have all sorts of Gremlins and all sorts of creepy shit going on. We're going to have, we're going to have, an electrical gremlin. We're gonna have. We're gonna have a spider gremlin. We're gonna have 
a talking gremlin. We're going to have a vegetable gremlin. He comes in and goes, hold on a second. He goes, I want more oil. He goes, googly-eyed gremlin. Put that in. It's going in. <laughs> he goes, we've got, to, we've, got to be, we've got to be inclusive. We're going to have a female gremlin in this one too. <laughs> I loved gremlins too. That's kind of like my version of Pokemon. Oh, uh, yes. All the different gremlins you can get. The guy who was... Um, he, he was like a horror host, wasn't he? The one of the characters was dressed as a vampire. I mean, he's the horror host. Yeah, he's like an Elvira type guy. And one of them, the one who could talk, was uh, was on the talk shows, like being interviewed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably voiced by Terence Men. <laughs> <laughs> no, he spoke like Lloyd Grossman. Don't you remember? And he's like, "Let me tell you my story." <laughs> it's like, well, why? What a slightly odd voice. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, oh wow a gremlin's gonna speak and he's like hi <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> they didn't they didn't waste any time on that did they <laughs> nah they were like just just whatever voice you can do get scott grimes in get scott grimes in tell him gremlin talking gremlin <laughs> a bit like that guy off master set <laughs> I remember Gizmo's like I don't know for being bullied by the gremlins so he has like a, he has like a Rambo montage yeah. <laughs> yeah he's watching the he's, he's watching the challenge and he just he starts like weightlifting and yeah. he's got a little bandana on as well <laughs> the, the Chinese man who, who owns Gizmo he sort of like looks at him he's like what has he got why has he got a headband on he goes he likes it <laughs> <laughs> that script was written in two hours Guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> I did not waste any time. Just roll it out. You've got two hours. Just give us whatever you've got. There's a cameo in Gremlins too of Hulk Hogan. Like Hulk Hogan, the film just stopped for some reason. Like it pans off to like Hulk Hogan in a cinema because <laughs> I've, I've had enough of this, Hulksters. <laughs> I want to sit with some popcorn in an American cinema and watch Gremlins too. <laughs> just like. Rips and rips his shirt off and just like punches the gremlin. <laughs> I feel like oh. it was written with the same energy as Home Alone 2, which is like just get the original one and then just kind of like find and replace <laughs> yeah. house with New York Street. <laughs> just because they've, li- they've literally got nothing to lose. Like, whatever <laughs> yeah, you want. We're, we're going to make so much money. Like, remember the first one where we asked, we didn't ask for anyone's ideas? Well, now we've got a round table. Everyone's ideas going in. What's your idea? Spider gremlin? Dumb. What's your idea? Just looking at things in the root. Lamp gremlin? gremlin. <laughs> yeah, electric gremlin. Yeah, good one. Yeah, uh, paper gremlin? I like Hulk Hogan. Get him on the phone. <laughs> the one it's the one that's just got vegetables growing out of its face as well. Yeah, it's just... That's a salad. Someone was eating a salad. Salad gremlin. <laughs> Keep them coming, guys. We're on fire. <laughs> Jed, I feel like the gremlins have once again taken over from Critters and made it better. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is way better than the Critters segment. Kind of vaguely remember that. Terrence Van, yeah. Oh, he sort of looks like anyway. some other guy. <laughs> anyway, gremlins. Woo. <laughs> Christopher Lee was also in gremlins too. He was the scientist who... Who made them into like horrible monster gremlins? <laughs> oh well, doing some of his finest work. <laughs> I really want to watch yeah. that now. I really want to watch Gremlins and Gremlins too. Let's make this a Gremlins holy... podcast instead of a horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would we, love we've got to material be on for weeks. Niche, niche <laughs> this week on Chat and Gremlins. <laughs> We, we talked to the assistant electrician on Gremlins 2. He was fired after 27 minutes, but he's got so much to tell us about Spider Gremlin. <laughs> I follow on Twitter um, an account called The Daily Jaws, and oh my God, they can ring so much out of four films <laughs> every day. It's like, it's like, Jaws is obviously set on the ocean. Did you know that the ocean is like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to do this every... But they're like really stretching it. And it's like, it's like, do you remember this guy who played Motorcyclist 1 in Jaws 3D? 
Well, it was his birthday last week. <laughs> he was 86. Still kicking. He never and he refused to talk about Jaws. <laughs> we asked, we approached him. He would not talk about his work on Jaws 3D. He doesn't want to be associated with it. He just wants to be known for his petty crime <laughs> that soon followed. <laughs> Turns out he wasn't an actor. He was actually committing a crime on camera. <laughs> <laughs> they do such a great job of just ringing every single little tiny bit of interest out of those just four films. I seen a thing a while ago where it was uh, it showed like the the mum through is like one of the kids who's like on in danger on the beach. She's like having a go at the the lifeguard, and it's like this is supposed to be that kid's mum. You know, it looks like about like a, a 90 year old woman <laughs> like how old is your child <laughs> yeah that was a uh, gremlins 2 the arguably better film than than critters and uh come also on, uh, come on number three slightly uh so yeah moving on to uh the 90s uh i again Going back to creature features, I've had we've had rabbits, so I'm going to move on to dogs. It's basically Cujo, but updated for the 90s, which is Man's Best Friend, which is a 1993 uh, sort of science fiction horror film starring uh, Lance Henriksen as um, a, a this basically a Tibetan mastiff escapes from a genetic research facility, and um, the dog has been has been like mutated with a bunch of different. Um, animals. So it's a Tibetan mastiff that has the powers of. Um, it can basically camouflage itself like a chameleon. It can climb up trees like a like a cheetah, and it can like <laughs> run really fast. And it's just, and it, it ends up becoming mates with this kid. But obviously, it's just not like a good idea whatsoever, and it just like wreaks absolute havoc. But it's it's literally they they turn like a mastiff into the predator. Like for, for uh, no uh, no no reason, like they have a mastiff that can go invisible. This is basically like Beethoven. If the dog was a psychopath, <laughs> but it, it's like it'll try and run away, and then it'll just it'll grow like cheetah claws out of its hand, and then like oh well, out of its hands, its paws, and then it'll like run up the run up a building and stuff. Is it possibly based on a drawing that the writer's kid did? He's like, what's that you've drawn there? <laughs> oh, it's a dog, except it's got cheetah paws and its tail's a snake. <laughs> and wait a minute, <laughs> give me that. <laughs> wow. I'm just reading I'm just reading the Wikipedia uh, plot summary. And it says, um, it, it's talking about like, you know, that the woman takes the dog home. His uh, boyfriend isn't so keen. And says Max has got to stay in the backyard, Max being the dog. And then it says, however, Max can understand human conversations. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's an odd way of putting it. Like, he can understand human conversations. Not single sentences, only conversations. It can understand. <laughs> or how? Yeah, I don't know how it could do that because it's not got the DNA of anything that can understand human conversations. That's also the premise of Look Who's Talking Too, except this just went went the other way with it. It's look who, no, it's Look Who's Talking Three. Yeah, it's is the one it? With the look dog who's talking the car. now? Yeah. Bruce Willis is the baby, and then Roseanne Barr is the other baby. And why do I know so much about the Look Who's Talking? <laughs> <laughs> the, the toilet in Look Who's Talking used to terrify me because it has this whole scene where there's like an evil toilet. And he's like, I'm gonna bite your ass. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, I'm like, I think it's the voice by Mel Brooks. Like Mel Brooks plays like an evil toilet in Lucky's Talking. I might be making that up, but what? I'm pretty sure it is. So I'm looking at the the poster for this, and it is Lance Henriksen pointing a gun of some sort, and then the dog in the background. But it looks like half dog, half robot dog. So what? I don't understand that. Was it a? Ro you said it was like genetically modified or something. I think some scenes they do kind of use a bit of a robot dog, but it's meant to be a real dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading the, the bit. It says Max the dog wreaks havoc in the neighbourhood, and then it lists some of the things that he does. Uh, he he devours a cat. <laughs> 
I'm the vulgar parakeet. <laughs> a vulgar parakeet. <laughs> a vulgar parakeet. It classifies it as that. Goose through the brake lines in a car, kills a mailman, and scares a paper boy. <laughs> he, was having an, he was having an off day. It's like, yeah, that'll do for the day. I'll just scare that paper boy. And tomorrow, I'll kill the mailman. <laughs> They're like, oh, we, we can't go as far as having a child death in the movie. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm. I'm sorry to read the. Uh, <laughs> the dog mates with a collie, so they were definitely setting that up for a sequel, where the puppy no, is no. the half collie, half the veteran mastiff puppy. I just. I really. Please say that at the end, it shows the collie. Ah, it does. Yeah. Three months. <laughs> three months later, a collie has given birth to puppies, most of which look like their mother, with the exception of a black puppy. That resembles Mac. <laughs> I imagine him looking at looking right into camera and his little eyes going red and it's like the end <laughs> question mark. <laughs> the, the film Brilliant. also has the one of the powers the dog has also is that it's uh, it's it's um it is acidic. So like every time it cocks its leg, like whatever it cocks its leg on melts. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a there was a a, a shot of it. On a uh, fire hydrant, they show like a metal fire hydrant burning, and you can guarantee they set it up for a sequel like that. And Lance Henriksen went, "No, <laughs> well, I guess we've we've got to get a new a new lead." <laughs> another thing that another thing that happens in this film is that the dog um, burns the boyfriend's face with acidic urine. This <laughs> is in his face, and the this is acidic. Because that's in the DNA of some animal, I imagine. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, where did what... that come from? I don't want to watch this. It also, um, yeah, the, the voice of the dog was Frank Welker. So the dog was voiced by <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I have often wondered, like, I mean, I'm, all respect to Frank Welker is the number one animal impressionist in the voice acting community. However, why don't they just get a real dog and record that? <laughs> I don't really like. Oh, we need Frank. Wait, where else are we going to get a dog noise? Like literally, maybe <laughs> find a dog, <laughs> put a mic in its face. Oh, that'll do. There we got it. Frank, you're out of a job, man. Why do they need to cast Frank Wilker in it? When it's like He's, Frank's like, oh, I've really backed myself into a corner here, haven't I? They could just use a dog. Let's hope they never discover actual dogs. <laughs> like, like Karina will be over, and they're like, it'll be in here, peeing on all the desks, and it'll take the microphone and run off with it. You don't want a dog. <laughs> you don't want a dog in here. <laughs> I'll work for half what the dog will work for. I only peed on one desk this week. <laughs> One. <laughs> I'll work for sausages. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a method actor, so he's been eating dog food all week. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's funny you should mention method acting because I watched a clip that absolutely had me howling but the, the morning. It was a clip from a... a I actually know the people who made the documentary because they made Leviathan, which is a documentary about the Hellraiser, the first two Hellraiser films, which were um, sort of more directly involved by Chris Clyde Barker. And they made a follow-up called RoboDoc, which was about ro the making of RoboCop. And it's got pretty much all the cast and crew doing um, doing like interviews and stuff. And there's a story, the behind-the-scenes story, which is animated, and it has... Um, Peter Waller and it's just they were going up to do like a, a scene in the warehouse at the end where like Robocop like finally like catches up with the gang and they, they were going up in the lift to like film a scene at the top and Pete, Peter Waller was in, in like pure method mode and the guy who was like is the, the production assistant had a, had a handful of Oreos and he goes over to he, he walks over to the um, to the production assistant and goes Robo wants an Oreo. And his Robo, and his Robo top voice, and he's like, he's like, hey, there's just us here. There's, there's no Robo. You, 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 you can you, you can ask for an Oreo. And he goes, Robo wants 
Robo <laughs> wants an Oreo. And he goes, oh, and he goes, it's too early in the morning for this. So he says, I just, I just went on to the gangway and I just pulled, put all the Oreos into my mouth and then just spat them out over the gangway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Peter was just, he, he didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. <laughs> of the day. And he goes, yeah. and everyone was like, everyone was like, this is, this is a, and he goes, this is one of our favourite stories from the set. And then it cuts to, it cuts to like, Peter Weller and he goes, that fucking Oreo story's not true. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's still angry about it. <laughs> yeah, Pete, Peter Weller, give him an Oreo if he, if he wants one. <laughs> Regardless of how he asks. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you the clip, honestly. I had me absolutely how, and I probably watched it about five times in a row. <laughs> right, so, three of the uh, films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, each with a varying degree of animal, but more uh, interesting than all this. <laughs> we had Night of the Leapers, Chris's, and Man's Best Friend. And some absolutely steamrolled by another movie that was brought up by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. My week in horror, I've been watching uh, the TV series again of um, What We Do in the Shadows, which um, I just got to the episode where they go to the Vampire Council. So not to ruin it, but they, uh, a, a very famous vampire was staying at their house. They kill him uh, by accident. <laughs> And they have to go in front of the Vampire Council. And the Vampire Council, and I was watching it and I was like, that's Tilda Swinton. And they just call her Tilda. And then they have Taika Waititi, they have uh, Jermaine Clement, they've got um, Paul Rubens. Wesley Snipes is on Skype. Yeah, isn't Wesley it? Snipes is on Skype and he it, it keeps cutting <laughs> out and they're just giving him like Skype advice, going, move it closer to the modem. <laughs> and they've got Danny, they've got Danny, but it was fun, kind of like going, ah, oh, so these have all played vampires. That's kind of so like Danny... us at the start of every single episode we <laughs> take with you, Kirsty. <laughs> Just message it me. When you going. click on speaker, what does it say? <laughs> like, You're just on this... video throwing your hands up like, I, I don't know. There's this, ah, uh, yeah, there's this, I don't know, there's this icon and it looks like, it kind of looks like a microphone. Oh, I get it. Right, hang on, let me click on that. <laughs> That's your TV remote. Put that down. <laughs> Does this not control that? <laughs> um, <laughs> is they have Til Tilda Swinton, Danny Trejo from because um, he's in from Dust Till Dawn. They have Paul Rubens, who was in Buffy, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm. film, and Wesley Snipes, and they make up the Vampire Council. And I just thought it was oh, quite wow. and it was quite funny because they were like at the beginning, they're kind of like. Did we get um, Kiefer? Is Kiefer here? And they're like, nah, he, he couldn't do it. <laughs> it's like, uh, Tom and Brad? No, Tom and Brad couldn't couldn't do it. Like, <laughs> and, But I was like, Tilda, Tilda Swinton, I couldn't quite place, but she's in Only Lovers Left Alive, isn't she? And I could, at first I was like, she's never played a vampire. And I was... It was she looks like one, though. She Well, I just thought that's great casting because she looks like a weird vampire lady. But then when they called her Tilda, I was like... Oh, all right. And I was like, oh, of course she was in only. But I, it was like a really fun mini quiz, like mini game in the episode. <laughs> Trying to work out why is he there? Like, <laughs> I found that. I, I did enjoy that episode. I love that half of, you can tell that almost half the scenes with Colin Robinson are just Mark. Um, I think, is it Brosk is his name, isn't it? The ball yeah. fella. Yeah. And it, Prosh, almost yeah. half the scenes with him, or, or the majority of them, have to be almost improvised because they'll just let him go off and he can like he can just <laughs> improvise as the most boring man on the face of the earth. Because <laughs> remember the episode where you find there's another one in the in the office with him, the woman <laughs> yeah. who's also like a I don't know, life force, whatever, vampire, whatever it is. That's that episode really <laughs> spoke to me as someone who works in an office where people come in and they but like not just the people who work in my office, but we have like these small interview rooms within the office and people come in and they go like from hr just rock up and go hi um can i use one of these rooms and like yeah but then like you're trying to eat your lunch and they just they, they're like oh can can i eat my lunch in here and you're like oh no man like 
And they're like, so, weather, oh, the weather's awful, isn't it? And you're like, uh, mate, we're past that. Like, <laughs> you, can, you may use our interview rooms. You may not speak to us. We have our own vibe going, you know. <laughs> Go back to your HR nest upstairs and leave us be. <laughs> By the way, my my cousin, well, our cousin Paul, he's cabin crew for BA, and he, he said, uh, I can't he was on his plane dropped his phone down the side of the uh, plane seat and they had to like do an emergency landing because it got so hot it was causing smoke and I was like that's the most psycho I see you think I've ever no. <laughs> I, I can imagine a camera on him and he's just like like I think there might be smoke coming from your seat and he's like nope <laughs> <laughs> no, no, smoke. I, I brought that smoke with me <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I think I really think uh, I was just, like picturing him going completely not owning this <laughs> incident <laughs> that's going to ground. It's not my plane. phone. <laughs> I think the, the one the one thing about what we do in the shadows is Matt Berry, like both of the way that he says anything, it's just ridiculous. It, it there's a whole episode where he's trying to hide from Mark Hamill and he hides in the <laughs> he, he hides in a, he hides in some like hick town. And he, but he, he's basically himself, but he's wearing a pair of jeans. And he goes, "That wasn't me, my darling. Oh my that was Jackie Daytona." <laughs> I am, I am, and he goes, "Yes, I am Jackie Daytona, regular human bartender. <laughs> I really should have learned how to drive a car in the last three hundred years." <laughs> Jed, how was your I mean, I've been watching a lot of films, sort of catch up with the with the list of films that I've been watching. Really, um, been, oh, do you watch mentioned... those movies sometimes? I mean, there's a lot of them I've had in the back. I've had in the uh, or had on the back burner. Really, that, uh, that's work. That's no work. <laughs> it is. It is quite bad. I've been. Um, I've started to watch the TV series Lex again, which is like a '90s, early 2000s sort of creepy science fiction horror well, that's on um, Amazon but it's also on a bunch of free apps as well if people want to watch it but it's dead weird because it's like it's a joint venture between a German like TV station and a Canadian TV station so it's in the same sort of vein as Farscape where it's just everything's dead sort of weirdy weird but this one's like it's dead dark and then it's dead like sort of campy at the same time you never really know what is gonna what's what you're gonna get out of it if it's gonna be like a bizarre thing or it's gonna be like a really dark thing. Like the first four episodes have guest spots by Malcolm McDowell and Tim Curry, but then the rest of it's just like slightly even more weird. Like the the main bad guy of the second season is um Dieter Lasser, who's the um the the evil scientist and human centipede, but he's just a, a head in a jar. That, like floats around and then he turns the entire universe into little arms of himself and it's that's just, that's just like the general that's the general gist of one of the series <laughs> man, man in a jar turns the entire universe into himself but made out of arms <laughs> that should be the exact synopsis that's presented online i would definitely watch that that is that is literally in the synopsis, like there's no way you can you can explain it without having to say that. <laughs> you can imagine the people producing it like, yeah, that's good, but just more wordy. <laughs> like, don't just say arms and jars. <laughs> One of the main heroes in it, he's like an undead assassin, and he's got a weapon that's like um, it's like a claw on a string. But every time he fires it, it makes the noise like literally. They've got like a sound a sound recording database, and it's just a hawk like swooning like every time it like he fires it goes oh <laughs> it makes no sense like why does he choose that noise it's frank welker <laughs> doing that noise as well <laughs> frank could you do a swooning hawk <laughs> yeah oh you don't want hawks in here <laughs> tell you what you're doing in here is a real hawk <laughs> you don't want a real hawk in here have your eyes out let me give you my rates again <laughs> Oh. I've been, How was that? I've been eating trill for the last week. Brilliant, Frank. You've done it again. Now I can do better. Someone show me a picture of a mouse. Show me a picture of a mouse, but it's, it's slowly getting away because the hawk's going to be sad. It's, it's, it's just just a little bit too far out of reach. Oh. 
<laughs> Someone point to a cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's set for life. Set for life. <laughs> I'm going method. I've got to imagine my sister is in one of those shows that they have at a small zoo, a small regional zoo, <laughs> where they just fly back and forth. <laughs> when will I see my sister again? Oh. <laughs> regional zoo. <laughs> Do you ever been taken to one of those? We were down south on a holiday with dad and he took us to this zoo and it was supposed to be like a rescue place. They had um they had timber wolves in there. They had that just would just appear next to you, which is terrifying. Behind a fence, of course, a very thin fence that they could clearly destroy. There was this there was a single seal living in this like pond. <laughs> It was just like a British pond, and it was had like um, green, like the green weeds all over the top. You couldn't see anything, and every now and then, this little black head would pop up and then disappear again. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the ending of the movie Tusk, where he's just <laughs> left in that, sh- that horrible little <laughs> like dried-up swimming pool. And then the worst thing was they'd rescued these bears oh, the that were like, forced to perform and dance, but then they gave you bags of peanuts. <laughs> to wave over there to make the bears dance so then you throw them the peanuts. And it, their, point, their point was like, once they learn this, they'll never stop. And you're like, okay, but still, it's really sending the wrong message here because aren't we just doing the same thing? You know it's not a proper zoo when you go in and it's like, do you want a bag of peanuts to feed the animals? <laughs> like, um, are we allowed? Yeah, any of them. <laughs> oh, they'll all eat it. <laughs> Do seals eat peanuts in the wild? Sure, yeah. <laughs> They'll eat anything. Well, anything to get out of the swamp. Throw one in and see what happens, son. <laughs> we, oh, yeah, he took it. <laughs> we went to this regional zoo and we were trying to get the tickets. And as an add-on, it was like, would you like to buy some fish pellets to feed the otters? And we were like, oh, yeah, sure. But then it was like, oh, this is sold out, sorry. So I was like, oh, never mind. We got there, we found the otters, and the, we're like, where are they? And then as soon as a human approaches, the two otters are like, Fish pellets! <laughs> and then we, had to, we, were, we were in like the really depressing situation of having to try and explain to an author in English <laughs> that, that we didn't have the fish pellets because they'd sold out online. And we were like, really sorry. They've literally been turned into drug addicts. <laughs> looking at us like, ah, ah. And so we, it, that was just a recording of Frank Welker, though. They wasn't really doing it, but like. <laughs> We just googled Frank Welker Otter. But their little faces, and we were like, "Oh, we're really, we're really sorry." Like, I'll show you the website where they're sold out. Like, we it's it's out of our hands. You like pointing at the sold out? Yeah, look, so, look. Can you read sold out? Sorry. Oh, give them, just give them a bit of muffin or something. Look at their little face. It was yeah. The regional that we went to oh. a regional zoo, and it was. It was it was absolutely brilliant, right? It was it's the tropical butterfly house in Sheffield, and um, but it it was absolutely brilliant. But it definitely had that vibe of like, if you want one of these animals, like you could probably just slip someone a fifty. It's like it's, it's a fitty, like give me a meerkat. <laughs> it, there's, we've got loads. Like you just get a small one and put it in this bag. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll just. They were just like wandering around with a rabbit as well, just kind of like knocking about holding <laughs> this rabbit and like, yeah, I don't know. The parrot, there was a parrot show, and the the parrot just fucks off. <laughs> they had like, they're like, this is our parrot Ruby, and and before COVID, it was all really quite sad, tinged with sadness. And they were like, before COVID, she used to be one of our best uh, best actors in the parrot show. And they were like, go on, fly. And it flew out and you just fucked off and sat in a tree. <laughs> and they're like, oh. Um, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, literally the same thing. <laughs> and they had another parrot and the other parrot's like shaking its head going, oh, no. And like, that's this trick. He's like, no, that was naughty. He's like, he's a naughty parrot, isn't he? And they couldn't get the parrot back. And when you see a parrot outsmarter man. <laughs> just literally was just like, I'm not doing the show today. I'm going to sit in that tree for a bit. I'm just sad. <laughs> Remember, I'm thinking about pre-COVID when all the children would would clap. Now, 
<laughs> he's thinking about Africa. <laughs> he's just sat in this tree with no leaves on it. <laughs> the cold. I'm a South American parrot, but I'd love to go to Africa. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about now. I'd love to go. It was it was his holiday in Africa that he was remembering. Sorry. <laughs> when, I went, when I went on safari, God, that was a time. <laughs> I saw an elephant. <laughs> well, Paul and I ended up in an unintentional zoo once where we were on holiday in France. <laughs> Unintentional? What's an unintentional zoo? Oh, God. You know what? That That is in horror. That is horror. <laughs> we were looking for somewhere to have some breakfast, and we ended up going into the one place that had an open door. It was this really weird guy. It was like dancing with a broom, like like Buffalo Bill or something. <laughs> and we sat down, and he, we asked just for like a baguette or something, and he said, like, <laughs> you don't want this bread. This bread's stale. And then he just smashed it on the bar, and then yeah. all like, the bread just went everywhere. Like aggressively, yeah. And then he, he ran out, and then came back, and then came back with some fresh bread. And we were sat there like, no, don't you remember? He forced one one of the guys who was like slumped over at the bar, the big fat old guys. He forced him to go out and buy some. He took money out of one of the machines and told him to go and buy bread and stuff, like one of his regulars. And then he just put loads of money into this coins into this little machine that had like chocolate covered raisins or something. And put them out like they clearly do not serve food. So when we asked, <laughs> "Do you serve food?" He was like, "Yep." <laughs> and that's what we got. There is food here. <laughs> we were looking round as well when we were waiting for the food. We just like started looking round on the wall, and it was like everywhere was just it was just like really weird decor. And there was loads of like um, there was loads of, like ornate penises, and then like <laughs> they were plaster casts of erect penises. <laughs> Clearly belonging to him and his regulars. <laughs> well, after that, we, yeah. we, we all had a few. We all had a drink in the morning, and then we were just like talking to ourselves. And he goes, "Ah," oh. and he goes, "Do you like Johnny Holiday?" And we were like, "No, we're not really familiar." And he starts dancing around with his broom. And he goes, "I," and he goes, oh, "I'm playing Johnny Holiday." And he goes, yeah. I like and this is where the zoo part comes in. He goes, "I like you, you guys. I show you something." My regulars, not if it's for some reason he's Italian in this story, but yeah. <laughs> he was. <laughs> It was Frank Welker doing one of his he, rare he human things. Really, he had these massive dogs. I think they were uh, yeah. Rottweilers behind the thing. And we were like, oh, wow. And they were a bit aggressive. But he had like a double door, didn't he? He had like a pair of double doors at the back. Yeah. And he said, come with me, come with me. Not everyone sees this. And he like pushes open these double doors. And I'm doors. saying to the like the girls and the rest of the people there, I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, don't follow him through doors into the back. It was going to be like an episode. <laughs> it was going to be like Taken or something. But he opens it up and it's like a tropical garden. Where he had like, but he had a cage that had like about it had about five Rottweilers in it, and then the other ones were like birds of paradise and like all sorts of like <laughs> yeah, and, and it was amazing and all sorts of stuff. And then he goes out and he goes and he goes in the cage of them all, and then he opens the shed and out comes like about five ostriches. <laughs> yeah, he had ostriches. He had alpacas. He had heat, and it was amazing. And I was like, oh wow! But the thing that still stayed with me and made me, you know, still not trust the guy. There was just this big concrete pit with a with a metal fence on it, and yeah, there were like six big Rottweilers in it, going fucking nuts. <coughs> like that's where you go if I don't like you, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that was still that little little. Uh... So clearly a serial killer. Clearly oh, well. those were not the um, plaster cast penises of his regulars. They were from his victims. That's yeah. what. That's what. That's, that's right. what. That's. So, somehow they were aroused during the whole process. <laughs> well, maybe he gave them a back injury. <laughs> I'm in the spine with a hammer to achieve that. Not that I've looked it up. <laughs> My week in horror. So I, I had um, two sort of real horror occurrences and um, I watched two movies. So I watched uh, The Conference which is a Swedish uh, like slasher movie. It was really good. It's like a tongue-in-cheek. It's like a, a horror comedy sort of thing. That's That was really good. Um, and I watched Influencer, which is on Shudder, I think. Also, I usually make lots of notes during movies. Those two, I've got like three lines, and they're not even worth repeating. They were just both really <laughs> good movies. So I enjoyed that. I highly recommend those. Um, the other day, my babysitter cancelled... She was in the hospital because she'd been bitten by a spider, Ooh. which is pretty pretty normal news here, but it's pretty good for a horror podcast in the UK. <laughs> so she'd been been bitten by a spider. They didn't know what it was, and she had all these horrible swellings. And then she had to they they had her in the hospital for a bit, and then for tests, and then sent her home. 
because she had uh, high fevers and, and all that sort of thing. So that was a bit nuts. What spider? Do they know um, what spider it was? No. They're, they're hoping that it, <laughs> this is weird. They're hoping that it was a redback, one of the deadliest ones. Because if you're fit and healthy, which she is, you're probably going to be fine. You'll be a bit sick. But if it's a white tail, um, they have this um, parasites that live on their fangs because they're they're like hunting spiders. They don't they don't stay in webs. They wander around. So that's most likely what it is as well. And uh, people who get bitten by them, they can suffer their entire lives with just all the sudden they'll get necrosis, and then all of a sudden it'll be fine, and then it'll all erupt up again. You know, a month or two later, six months later, three years later. Uh, it's due to like a like a staph infection that they get from it, and it never goes away. And there are people who have committed suicide over it because it just never goes away, and it just just keeps flaring up all the time throughout their whole lives. And there's nothing they can do about it because it's like a it's a bacterial infection, staph infection. And this is the environment in which you're bringing up my niece and nephew. Oh yeah, no, oh yeah. Coming, and I'm they both write a letter or something. And Melody, to live here. she. <laughs> All day, every day, she's like, hey, spider, it's a spider, spider. That's all she says all day. She loves them, loves them. So there you go. Well, that's, that's, no, bad. And uh, to do this podcast because, so usually, obviously, because we're we're um, on opposite sides of the globe, I, the, the first episode we recorded, um, I think midday for you guys on a Saturday 11 p.m. forward for me. This time I'm doing it during the day, and because I've got kids and we're at the in-laws, so there's a lot of people wandering around, I've had to come out to the garage to do the recording. So I'm sat in a dark Australian garage with cobwebs and spiders everywhere and a live rat running through the roof. Nice. So that's pretty horror. I think that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty horror. horror. It's a good environment in which to do this, to be honest. You like mute your mic and like a spider's leg will just like come over and be like, click. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently sat in my spare room, which is an absolute shit tip, and I've got a guest coming in a week. So that's also Ooh. a type of horror. <laughs> <laughs> because this is my weekend, and my whole weekend is going to be spent... Tidying. Clearing this room. Well, we say tidying, jamming that stuff into cupboards that won't be open for two weeks. <laughs> the good thing about having a two-bedroom house is that if someone comes to stay in the spare room, all the shit goes to the main bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Like, will you give me the tour? No, <laughs> there will be no tours today. <laughs> Go to the one habitable room and remain there. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't you mind your business? You're being a bad guest. <laughs> <laughs> one more remark like that and you can stay at the Campanile. <laughs> it's the toys. Demonic toys. Playtime has begun. So I'm just going to review these Ghostbusters toys. There seem to be like different... Uh, groups of them. So the grandma was in a group of, it looks like civil servants, except one of them's a grandma. So I, I don't know what, what her job would be, but there's... I had the bin man who like yeah. puts the bin on his head and becomes a fly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bin man. Yeah, the bin goes on his head and a little fly head pops out and he's got wings. There's a mailman whose uh, breast pockets become eyes and his waist separates from his body and there's teeth there as a mouth and his head disappears. There's an American football player who it looks like just his back opens and it's a monster, teeth, whatever. Yeah, the grandma who's, um, I can't see what's in the, the head under the hat, but yeah, her jaw falls down and it's a big monster mouth. There's a construction worker, I guess, whose head, tiny head in the actual model, uh, head flips back and becomes some sort of monster bat. And then there's a police motorbike rider, I guess, whose whole front strips down to a skeleton, screaming skeleton. But the ones I remember, so I remember I had, I had the grandma. I kind of remember the others, but maybe just I'd maybe just seen them and didn't actually own them. But the ones I remember were, there was one that was like, it was kind of like Slimer, but it was purple. And it just had this gigantic eye in its forehead. So it's like this weird monster thing with a giant eye in its forehead. So th these were for kids as well, by the way. <laughs> this was the haunted humans. So granny, yeah, granny gross. They were haunted humans, the fourth wave. Terror trash, granny gross. Male fraud. <laughs> Male fraud. 
<laughs> What's the worst thing to do with a postman? Mail fraud. <laughs> it's a federal offence. They start to get a bit uh, pornographic after that. We've got hard hat horror, uh, tombstone, tombstone tackle, and X cop. <laughs> tombstone tackle is my online handle, by the way. <laughs> Feel like they're just. You shouldn't Google those. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a there was a toilet as well, which yeah, you lifted the lid up, like the eyes popped out of the system, and this big horrible tongue and teeth were in the in the bit. The toilet is called fearsome flush. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like again, they again that they're getting by this point. This this was in wave seven of the oh, sorry wave six of the toy releases. And they're like, oh, God, we, we we need another, we need another bigger, like, I need a toilet break. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> or someone like Jenny was like, you know what always scared me? Remember in Lucky's talking to you with the toilet? <laughs> yeah. If you watch that scene again, I'd pass it again to see if you didn't. Honestly, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. It made me just want to shit on the floor for, like, the entire of my childhood. <laughs> But there was a lot of, I remember there was a lot of creepy toys around the same time because I had, um, I had Boglins, which was yeah. like this horrible rubber hand puppet thing that came in its own little like cardboard box cage. And they were all different. Like there was a, and like an angler fish one. Um, and there was ones with eyes pop out and all that sort of thing. So I used to collect those and they were all different types, kind of like Gremlins too. <laughs> they were always a different type. Like there was a fish one and this and that. And then the other ones I had were um, Rude Ralph. Do you remember I love Rude, Rude Ralph? Ralph. <laughs> so it's horrible, monstrous head with orange hair. Sorry, Jed. And you pulled out <laughs> one of its eyeballs, which was on a string, and that was like the doll, you know, pull the thing out and it starts talking. And it'd, it'd make these like <laughs> horrible noises, from what I remember. Um, you know, that's the exact same. Um, noise that my bulldog used to make when she was trying to speak <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like sounds like, <laughs> sounds like rude ralph <laughs> i was like ah oh, you're talking like rude ralph <laughs> i used to have uh wear bears they were like these oh, yeah they like a they were, they were like a teddy bear where it looked like a normal teddy bear but if you turned its head inside out it would be like a werewolf or that's the it. one i had was my brothers has both had because they're twins they both had the same one and then I had one that had a fang yeah it was like a reversible thing like you flipped their like you, you almost like pulled their face off and like put it round the back and then the other one it's, it's kind of uh, not really a horror but My Pet Monster you remember that? My Pet yeah. Monster my very very bestest friend how good was that movie as well by the way? it was actually really good wasn't it? I've still got it. I've still got that video because uh, the VHS is, down, is is in my house. <laughs> that was awesome. I always remember the mum, she made that healthy shake for them and it was like this green <laughs> liquid. <laughs> but then at the end, because it's to do with the moon or something, right? And at the end, there's that evil guy who's trying to chase him and get the monster and he ends up turning into a monster as well, like a red, scarier monster. Yeah. At the end, and it's some sort of cultish by the light of the moon thing in this... Uh, Museum. I can't remember what the actual thing is, but I remember he is uh he's got handcuffs that he can break. And that was pretty much the toy. That's that's all it did really. He was like a cuddly toy who could break his handcuffs. But yeah, great movie as well. Love the movie. They banned a um tie in with uh Nike and my pet monster because the it was like a pair of um Jordans, like Air Jordans, but it had the, the My Pet Monster like colour scheme and then it had like manic yeah, like the chain. That comes off the shoe onto the leg and they were like oh a lot of like um african-american people are going to want to buy these these um these jordans and we don't want to we don't want people walking around with like chains on their legs because it can have like connotations to slavery <laughs> and i was like i was oh, like wow. you don't put two you don't put two and two together until you like figure that in but there's a whole shoe line apparently they're worth an absolute fortune now if you have some yeah but, like, right. the, the band my pet the my pet monster like Nike Jordan tie-ins, they're just like rare as hen seeds, but worth an absolute fortune. That is the strangest <laughs> story I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Banned my oh. monster Shane Jordans. Rah, what? 
Actually, no, it's not even Jordans, it's Adidas. Oh, it's Adidas, Adidas. Jeremy Scott. I mean, Adidas, Jeremy yeah. Scott's this, this shackle sneakers <laughs> and time at my pet monster. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> Welcome to Needful Things. What, what I've done with this is I've picked, uh, I've just picked three. I don't know why I'm always picking threes. Everything I do is threes for some reason. But I picked three like bad things I've found and three good things I've found. And so the ones I've found this time, so Timu, one of the best stores online, there's they've got this sculpture and it's clearly um, Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. But it's called Halloween Worm Witch. <laughs> like, wow, what a description! I don't think I've heard any any better. Um, then <laughs> Giftbox has this, and this is real tenuous, but um, it's a Pennywise from It, the movie It, balloon lamp, and I'm like, that's just a Whoa. balloon lamp. It's just a red balloon, and it's a lamp. You can't tie it to Pennywise It to sell it. <laughs> Doesn't have any branding or anything on it. It's just a balloon. When it's my idea to shift these red balloon lamps, I bought 20,000 of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 good one. <laughs> you like ran out in the middle of the movie at the theatres. <laughs> Open the warehouse, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret, you'll never believe it. <laughs> We're going to shift them. I found out how. <laughs> Kicking his heels. <laughs> We've saved the farm. Googling <laughs> balloon movies when he gets home. There must be more. There must be more. <laughs> um, the, the other thing was, <laughs> the other thing was, uh, it sounds good. A Jason Voorhees lamp, and what it is, it's like this. Um, it's kind of bad the way they put it together, but it's basically this jar with it with a lid on top and it's got jason Voorhees floating in it and there's like rocks and he's chained to them and he's in the water right like like in the movie uh -huh. yeah. and it's got a light in it and i was like oh, that's pretty cool uh, but then when you look at it they give you this regular glass jar a plastic jason Voorhees, and a green led light thing that presumably is not waterproof so i don't know how that works but you've got to supply obviously your own water it's not gel or anything like that you put water in it and your own rocks and substrate. And I'm like, what are you selling me here? A jar and a toy? And I've got to make the diorama myself at home? Just go to your local substrate shop and buy I was outraged. <laughs> Someone was like, this is costing a fortune. Why are we shipping rocks? People have rocks at home. That was a business decision. Uh, the good stuff, Nightmare Before Christmas advent calendar with toys from lining the box. So behind every door is a Nightmare Before Christmas little toy. I was hoping there were Christmas decorations to go on the tree. That would have been a better decision from marketing, but they're just toys. I guess you could put a hook in them. Um, Michael Myers slippers. These are all good for Christmas <laughs> presents. So it's Michael Myers on the front. You know you, you know, you put those dogs in those costumes where it looks like they're like legs running. It looks like yeah. a, like a, an elf running but with a dog head. It's kind of like that, but it's Michael Myers with a, with a butcher's knife. On each one, so I thought they were pretty cool, and I've, I've added a, I've added a fourth one in this just because when I get to it, you'll know. Um, so, Ponkus Ponkus, it's a goose. <laughs> it's a goose dressed as a witch, and it says Honkus Ponkus. <laughs> and fortunately, um, they've used that design on everything. You can even get Honkus Ponkus face masks. So, whatever floats your boat. What I found in my search, one of the first things that came up, dueling banjo skeletons <laughs> from Halloween, remember? Wow, oh, from before. <laughs> yeah, I got them. I finally found them. And I was like, oh, that's easy. You just They just come up straight away. All you need to do is type horror and images. Dueling banjo skeletons. There you go. <laughs> Shopping, sorry. Is the banjo also made of bones? No. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Just to add, just to add this onto my week in horror. One thing I found online whilst looking for audio clips for the first episode was, and this is a binge watch thing. They've got all of the Filmation Ghostbusters on YouTube, but it's like 
episodes one to 30 or 31 back to back. So it's like hours worth of footage on there. You should watch it because it is the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen, ever. Everything about it is insane. (laughs) There's so much going on. They've just thrown everything they can think of into every scene and it's absolutely bonkers. Highly recommend it. I I remember it watching it as a kid because I remember the little pink bat and the gorilla and everything. But man, watching it watching it back, first of all, the music's incredible. Nothing like the Ghostbusters theme, <laughs> like almost. <laughs> but but yeah, it's just absolutely insane. There's way too much going on in every single scene in it. It's just bonkers. Yeah, it's awesome. You should watch it. So sorry, Kirsty. Do you have any needful things, cool horror things you found seen? I was given, it was my birthday recently, and um, my brother, which is you, Paul. Hey, that's me. I'm not the rubbish 10-year-old who got me nothing. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got these um, horror oracle cards. So they're like, um, they're based, they're tarot cards being like reimagined. So they've got the, um, they're all, and they're all like, they're just great artwork for a start. Like, they're just really cool. It's a fun game just to like look at it and see because uh, it doesn't have the name of the film on it, on the tarot card. So it's fun just to go through and go, oh, okay, that one's Pan's Labyrinth and that one's The Wicker Man. And then they've all got, like, um, sort of loose connections. Now, I don't know how to do tarot cards, uh, but it tells you how to do it in the little book and then you can uh, go to the... Uh, you're supposed to ask it a question and then deal the cards and then you might go to, for example, The Exorcist which is called, the card is called Help Me. And it says, it can be really hard to ask for help, especially when we are struggling. We may even act outwardly as though help is the last thing we want or need. Especially when we're possessed by the devil. (laughs) Especially when we've been playing with a Ouija board in our basement and our parents' recent divorce is also preying on our minds. So it, it sort of gives you a little blurb there. And if you deal the card upright, um, then it says one. So this one says upright. Have faith in others. Ask for help. But if you put it the other way up when you deal it out, it says take it out on your own. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. There's like a good <laughs> and a bad side. That's cool. yeah. It's kind of like um, yeah. so. It's got Cujo as well, like which is the illness card. That's another good one. Uh, and it's either prioritize your own needs in difficult times, or is there an opportunity to help someone else? Like, I, I don't know whether you, anyone would want to have a reading from these things because they're completely <laughs> bleak. You know? Some of the advice isn't particularly sound. And, <laughs> and But the, the actual uh, cards are gorgeous. And, uh, yeah, I was... I was, like I was graphically. Yeah, they're just really, really nice um, drawings and sort of, like, illust- and illustrations. They're all They're all sort of... They've got a nice colour palette of like yellow and red and blue and they're all like just really cool. And some of our best colours. <laughs> well, it's just it looks a bit retro and a bit cool. And I really yeah. like them. Thank you, Paul. That was a great present. Nice. I didn't know who got them for me though. They arrived and um I've just found a moth would it in be? the box. As well. That's weird, sorry. There was a moth in the box. Oh, that was extra. That was <laughs> I hope that's not... That's a limited edition version. Oh, if it's come from you, it's going to be a bloody Australian death moth, isn't it? It's going to be, I'm going to have, like, moth cancer from that for 40 years and then take my own life because of it. Great, thanks, Paul. It's the world's only venomous moth. <laughs> it's even more venomous when it's dead and in a box of tarot cards. Its poison is activated by paper. <laughs> Why do you exist? <laughs> it's the worst place it could have been found. No, <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're on Amazon. <laughs> uh, you can yeah. get them off Amazon. <laughs> they're really cool. Jed, do you have any cool things? Um, to be honest, no. But um, I <laughs> no. <laughs> I just have an empty white room devoid of anything. The <laughs> <laughs> not things that are um. Obviously, things I've bought, but things I've seen recently is that I was browsing Facebook Marketplace, and for some reason, there's somebody in Chester who's always selling the guillotine. Like, 
I think it's like a, I think it's like a magician's prop store or something. Well, there's a fella who lives in in you would uh, hope. Chester. You'd he, hope so. And he, he's a, he's always selling like um, a magician's guillotine. And there's always a page up, and it's for about eighty quid. I was like, how, how is he? Is he not sold this yet, or is this like the same one? Yeah, does he does he have multiples, or are people just not in the market for guillotines these days? Listen, once we've cleared these guillotines, we can buy more balloon lumps. Why <laughs> out? His wife's like, are you having to drop the price on that again? What's wrong with people? During COVID, all I could sell was guillotines. <laughs> If you get fired from your job, you just like stand outside the boss's office in like a French revolutionary outfit, just like like the captain <laughs> watermelons. Like... A thousand uses. You can chop watermelons. You can chop pumpkins. You can chop walnuts. <laughs> it's not just for heads. <laughs> not just for heads. You can do anymore. anything with a guillotine. <laughs> the tool of a thousand uses. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the bread. <laughs> New to your pets at home. <laughs> I think that I think I don't know if Paul's doing it intentionally or not, but you were almost quoting um, Robin Hood and Men in Tight. Mel Brooks's character is a travelling rabbi, and he, he's, his whole thing is he's selling geese, selling little miniature guillotines. <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> For some reason, that came to mind. That's but, awesome. um, <laughs> But you have to, for some reason, somebody in Chester, which is right nearby to uh, the Farodjan and Runcorn, is, is selling guillotines on Facebook Marketplace for about £80. So get them while you can. I'm going to Chester next week. Like, so I just go. I just show up at his house and go, listen, like, have, have a look at the guillotine. And then it'd be really funny just to go and have a good look at it and go, yeah, it's not really the type of guillotine I was after. <laughs> it's what you mean, it's the. I, I wanted something, so, you know, like a French revolutionary type guillotine that they used to use for cutting. It's exactly that. No, no, no. Not quite what I wanted. But collection only, no delivery, and you're just like, come alone. <laughs> it goes from brand new to used to. Rather quickly. <laughs> brand new, nearly new, used. <laughs> Heavily used and <laughs> <laughs> spares or repair. <laughs> 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 <laughs>